0: Hmm? Ah.
1: Huh. You going on a boat ride? You are. Where?
0: Hydra Island.
2: What's on Hydra Island? The plane. The Ajira flight. The same plane that brought your friends back. Unfortunately, they didn't
0: come alone. And I have reason to believe that some of the other passengers mean to do us all harm. So I want you to go over there, do some recon.
2: Well, that sounds safe. You'll be fine. Yeah? And what am I supposed to do if I run into somebody who wants to do me harm?
0: I'm not worried about that. Oh, you're not, huh?
2: No, because you are the best liar I ever met. You tell them whatever you need to tell them to gain their trust, find out everything you can about them and then get back here. Why exactly am I doing this again? What do you think, James? We get on that plane, we fly off this island, and we never look back.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben.
2: And I'm Kristen. This week on Lost, we are covering Season 6, Episode 8, Recon. Nice. (laughs) Nailed it. I feel really good about that one. (laughs) I feel like we don't even have to redo it.
1: (laughs) You're just comfortable because we just spent an hour and a half uh, talking about our homework from last week.
2: Yes. Well, I don't. We, we also just spent an hour and a half talking about just nerding out on movies as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Usually you, we talk about much more random shit than that.
1: So, do you know what's funny too? So, I don't remember. I, I asked you this when we were talking about it. I don't remember if we mentioned our homework to each other on the podcast last week or not. So, you should ask people, Jill. People oh that yeah, that's true. Joe would probably know. Yeah. Um so if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about, apologies. because uh, that means we didn't mention it. Um, <laughs> but Kristen and I gave each other homework last week of movies that we needed to watch. She gave she told me I needed to watch Dune. Mm-hmm. And I told her she needed to watch Top Gun Maverick.
2: Which was a and much bigger deal, by the way. Than Dune? Yes. Oh no, because... the fact
1: that oh the the fact that you yeah, had yeah, yeah, to yeah. watch a Tom Cruise movie. Right. Yes. But we both really, really enjoyed the movies that we watched so much so that you told me like that, that you told me Top Gun Maverick was like the best thing ever.
2: Yeah, no, that <laughs> movie was top notch. Was it better than everything everywhere all at once? No, absolutely yeah. not. But did it deserve to be in the best picture category? Thousand percent.
1: I told you you would love that movie.
2: Well, I, I knew I, I would love wrong. it, too. I knew I would love it. I just wasn't going to see it in a theater or streaming anywhere. I had to watch it without giving him money.
1: Got it. Got it. But, I mean, the cool thing about this is that, like, I, like I've like i even had, uh, so, like, one or two people message, like, IM me, like, when are you guys doing this other, like, talk about nothing <laughs> podcast? <laughs> and... We rec- so the whole conversation that Kristen and I had about our homework and everything that it led to afterwards, yeah. um, we recorded the whole thing. So yeah. as kind of like a, like a test
2: run. Well, we made a deal last night.
1: Yeah, that we were going to go radio silent. We weren't going to mention anything to each other. It was either I texted
2: you. It was either last night because I texted you as soon as I was done watching. And I said, I got to do radio silence or else we're just going to talk about this and not not have anything left to talk about tomorrow.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But we spent like a good hour and a half talking about both movies plus other movies, which led to other things. And we kind of recorded as kind of like a test run, a trial run. To see how it would work as a podcast. And we decided ultimately by the end of it, uh, we're gonna keep doing it
2: yeah, every it's week.
1: It, um, it was week. We're gonna call it my, like our homework session or weekly assignment or or whatever. Um, and we'll do it like every week we're recording lost. We're gonna hop on beforehand and record it before we talk about lost.
2: Uh we're basically and, just like streamlining our before we record this podcast conversation, anyways.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> now the question is where we're going to release it. Like, is it going to be part of revisited or is it going to be over on Wilhelm, which is my other podcast? I yeah. like the idea of moving it over to Wilhelm because that is about movies and television anyway. Yeah. So if you want to well, hear let's those
2: com- both this time and then just have it be in Wilhelm from here on out.
1: Okay. All right. Like, That's a sounds special like a episode. That
2: sounds like a plan. Kristen so, and Ben talk about nothing.
1: So comment. by the time you're hearing this, uh, within a couple days, I'll release the the conversation. It's very rough. Uh, we'll give you. There's no intro. There's no outro. It is literally just the. conversation.
2: It takes a phone call in 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 the middle of it. <laughs> That's right. I, like,
1: I take like a two minute phone call in and the it's middle just of dead
2: it. Dead silence for two.
1: <laughs> you you won't hear that. I'll I'll cut that out. Um, the only part I'll probably leave in is Chris, uh, with the part I heard in the back of my on my one ear bud that I still had in. And that's Kristen. Oh, you're muted.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're muted. OK. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought about continuing to talk, but I didn't want to mess up your conversation because I saw I was still in one of your ears. But I could have done like a CJ thing from like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and been like, you're out there and I'm in here. And <laughs> it's just crazy, man. <laughs> oh, wait, is that a dog? I think that's a dog. Is that a lady with a dog? Hang on. We might have danger. I'm not really sure. Hang on. Stand by for danger. I, I mean,
1: it, or it could have just been more bird sex. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know. That, um, was,
2: that was just awful what I but,
1: saw. <laughs> so, yeah. So, relative, sometime relatively soon after hearing this, we'll, we'll release that conversation um, here and on Wilhelm. And then we already gave each other our homework assignments for the next one.
2: Yes, so we did.
1: I already know the movie I have to watch, and Kristen already knows hers. And um,
2: they couldn't be more different from each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think they're both like
2: they're both gonna be good.
1: They're both great movies. Yeah, so they're both
2: family movies, kind of.
1: Uh, well, I wouldn't know from the one you gave me because I have I mean, never seen depends it. Depends
2: on how old your family is and whether you like musicals or not. So
1: true. So yeah, so I like I like the idea of this new podcast like just being you and I giving each other homework. Yeah. And then we talk about the movie and then whatever conversation just kind of comes from that. Yeah. is also part of it. So
2: one week I'm going to tell you homework where you have to like go and like do a rope course or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be, gonna start getting crazy with your homework. <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna get
1: fun because we, we we already kind of talked about it too. Like we're gonna start going like obscure.
2: Really obscure. Like the deathbed, the bed that eats people.
1: <laughs> or oh what's god, the what's the oh what's the movie? Oh shit. I think it's oh what the hell is the name of that movie? Um, I got. Does it
2: have to do with Lost? Because we've already squirreled our way away from Lost. So,
1: oh, Rubber. That's that's going to be one of mine for one of the weeks. It is a homicidal car tire. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, oh, my gosh. The, okay. all the right. The
1: synopsis of this movie. I'll read it real quick, and then we'll get into Lost. A homicidal car tire discovering it has destructive... Destruct, destruct, oh, God. Wow. Destructive... Psionic power sets its sights on a desert town once a mysterious woman becomes its obsession. A homicidal car tire. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the same sentence twice. Never mind. That's
2: okay. Maybe you'll say it better <laughs> the second time.
1: <laughs> You're a jerk. Next. All right. Let's talk about loss. <laughs> um, if you're not already aware, this is a spoiler full podcast. So, um, yeah, so expect spoilers from both. Although I don't know how m- this episode, I don't know how much we'll get into, um, but we are gonna. It's always a risk. We're gonna talk about stuff that happened before and stuff that is still yet to come, yep. on the series. Uh, that being said, Lost Season Six Episode Eight Recon. This is a Sawyer episode, which I know yeah, you're happy is. about.
2: Heck yeah, I am.
1: Yeah. I know you're happy about this one.
2: James Ford episode, Sawyer episode, LaFleur episode. It, well,
1: oh yeah, they all get mentioned.
2: Yeah, he does say LaFleur, that's the code word.
1: Yep. I I really enjoyed this episode. Um and I I watched it with the full intent of trying to figure out the cuz it's been an overarching theme this season in the that mirror. these flash, these flash sideways have been reflections and also redemptions. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of watched for both. The reflection aspect of it was very clear. Mm-hmm. There is a scene where Sawyer is flat on looking into a mirror.
2: And then he before, punches
1: it. before he punches it and shatters it. Um, but the theme of this episode to me for the redemption episode, for the redemption part of it. And, and you can tell me, if maybe you agree with it or not, is deciding not to be haunted by your past. Hmm. I don't know how you feel about that one.
2: Well, okay. Expand on that.
1: So, I mean, we definitely see that. I mean, we already know what Sawyer's past is. Like he is somebody who has been, Driven in his life by the fact that his father was conned. It caused him to kill his mother and then kill himself. That is something that is reflective in this episode, both in the real life and the sideways. That's a story that's unchanged. His backstory is the same. The only difference is he's approaching that obsession from two opposite points this time. Mm -hmm. The first time he is the con man. The second time he is the law. So it kind of, You're
2: talking about the way that he approaches Anthony Cooper as a con man in his past, right? Because he's pretty much resolved that at this point in the show for his main timeline. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. But I mean, it shows that like not only he has has resolved it in the sense that he murdered Anthony Cooper um, because he was the man from Tallahassee, uh, the one that was in the Black Rock and the one that Sawyer killed. But also, at the same time, we see him kind of approach it from a different point of view in the flash sideways in that he's the law aspect of it, but it's still an obsession of his. He even tells Miles, like, I, I I'm going to kill this man or I was planning on killing this man when when I found him. So there's a sense that, like, it doesn't matter which way you approach it. You really shouldn't let your past haunt you. If that makes any sense. Because it doesn't matter which way you, if you're ha- if you're haunted by your past, it doesn't matter which way you approach it. It's not going to change anything,
2: right? Without
1: being see, able to let it go.
2: And I see that from the flash sideways aspect. I'm trying to link that up with Sawyer's main island timeline, and maybe it has to do with him being on Hydra Island, seeing where they were caged up, and that's holding that's, Kate's dress.
1: Yes, that's that's the element I got of it too. Was from running from the past, or like being haunted by your past Mm -hmm. is that's exactly it. Like we are going down. Basically this is a flashback episode of Sawyer's without showing an actual flashback.
2: Mm, Okay. That's a good point. I do want to bring up Anthony Cooper just while we're talking about him for a second, because I did feel that we had um, like a disjoint in continuity for this episode because in previous Flash Sideways episodes, John Locke and Anthony Cooper, John Locke and his dad are close. They have a relationship. So it's hard for me to believe that they have this relationship and he's also a con man involved in Sawyer's, uh, Sawyer's origin story. I get... Do you know, know what I'm what? saying?
1: No, that's a really interesting point. And that's something I didn't really consider when I was watching this episode, too, is that Anthony Cooper is John Locke's father.
2: And he's still Anthony Cooper. Like, we saw it in the pictures on John Locke's, um, like, yeah. in, in his house.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about that at all. I mean, unless this is something, that, like, unless we're just kind of, like, meant to believe that he eventually stopped doing what he was doing and became like and lived a normal life. It doesn't make him any less guilty of what he's done. Right. Um I mean and like I mean look, like it became an obsession of John, of of James Ford because yes, like Anthony Cooper conned his father and that's what caused his father to shoot his mother and then kill himself. Anthony Cooper never murdered anybody. He never killed Neither did anybody. Charles Manson. That is also true. Well, I mean, but the, the difference between that and Charles Manson is that Charles Manson encouraged people to murder for him. Anthony Cooper never intended for murder.
2: All right. He's
1: basically just trying to rob people of money. It was just the way I mean, granted, it's indirectly, he, it's
2: just lower level despicable. It, it is. I mean,
1: he <laughs> look indirectly. Is he responsible for the deaths of James Ford's mother and father? Absolutely. But it was mm-hmm. never an intention. Manson on the other hand it was intended like he just got some people to do it for him to keep his hands clean.
2: Mhm. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Cuz I had that written down. I was just like, this is like I like I had trouble with him tracking down Anthony Cooper just because I knew that in the same flash sideways world, Anthony Cooper was still close to his son and was not responsible for John Locke being in a wheelchair.
1: Yeah. I, and that's, uh, yeah, and that's, I didn't even really consider that. Um, I mean, there are uh, there are differences in The Flash sideways, though. So maybe they're not the same Anthony Cooper.
2: That would be interesting. Uh,
1: I mean, because we do see, I mean, even though we know that in The Flash sideways, Anthony Cooper is not responsible for John being in the wheelchair, John is still in a wheelchair. So doesn't necessarily... For, yeah,
2: because he was, what, in a car accident or something? I believe
1: he's in a car accident, yeah. Right. So, I mean... So, I mean, that's not to say that in this flash sideways, Anthony Cooper is responsible for James Ford's parents being dead, but it's not the same Anthony Cooper. You know what I mean?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, there were a couple of continuity things that I had questions about, and that was one of them. The other one was uh, Liam being at the police station asking about Charlie of asking about his brother to Sawyer Mm -hmm. wasn't. Charlie in Sydney visiting Liam and his family.
1: That's what we're meant. Hmm. You mean in the actual timeline?
2: In The actual timeline. Um, That's why he was in Sydney was because his brother was sober. He had a family. Charlie went to go visit him. And then I think like he robbed them or something like that. He ended up leaving going back to LA without his brother. Maybe it was because of drive shaft I'm not really sure but I swear and I didn't have time to look this up because I because I didn't um, <laughs> but I I swear that's why Charlie was in Sydney. So to see Liam looking for his brother it just it makes me wonder like how.
1: Well, I mean, I think that one could be very easily explained. It's been a number of days since that plane landed, as we know, in The Flash Sideways. So, I mean, who's to say that when Charlie was arrested and taken off the plane and taken to, you know, the police station, they call his next of kin, who happens to be Liam. Liam hops on a plane from Australia and comes over to bail his brother out. (sighs) I think that one's a little easier to explain than the Anthony Cooper.
2: Maybe. I don't know.
1: But again, like there are differences in these timelines. I mean, who say he was in Sydney visiting Liam.
2: Right. Right.
1: You know, it could have been a completely different reason.
2: Yeah. But a lot of it was the same, you know, Claire was still going to LA to give up her baby. Kate was still going to LA because she was caught in Australia. Sawyer was still on the plane because he was tracking down the name Anthony Cooper. Jack was picking up his dad. Locke was refused the walkabout.
1: Okay, yeah, you're right. So it seems that the the, the reasoning for them being on the plane never changed.
2: Well, except for Boone, because Boone didn't come back with Shannon.
1: But his reason for being on Australia was still the, was same. the same. Yeah. yeah. So,
2: so, I don't know. It, no,
1: I think you're right. I mean, it's it is interesting. But I again, I do think the Liam element is easier explained than Anthony Cooper. OK. Um, again, he could have just been, you know, once he was arrested, you know, you call the next of kin or not next of kin. You call your emergency contact, which most likely was his brother because of their connection to each other and drive shaft. And the fact we that also had brothers. nobody else. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think it's a fair assessment that maybe Liam just got on a plane to come and help his brother you know, it's.
2: I don't as think Liam's, that's not a- as Liam's, you know, fictional wife and fictional mother of his children. I would tell him, no, no, you're going to let your brother work out his own problems. Your life is here.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And, it'll be but that's me having an addict sister. You know, I had a sister that was an addict and there's just times where you have to put your foot down.
1: Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting once we get to more of because I do think there's there's definitely more Charlie coming. Right. Uh, So it'll be interesting once we get to more of that to see.
2: But there's more Charlie coming in Desmond's story.
1: Is it through Desmond's story? Pretty sure. You know, speaking of Desmond, I don't know if you realize this or not, but indirectly Desmond is in this episode. I don't know if you remember this or not. How? The room that's locked on the sub.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. The room that is locked on the sub has a prisoner, and that prisoner is Desmond.
2: Oh, I can't wait to see him. Yeah. So Desmond really can't has... wait to see him.
1: <laughs> Again, this is heading into spoiler territory, but Desmond has returned to the island. We yeah. just don't know it
2: yet. That's awesome. I totally forgot about that. Because Widmore brought
1: him back as a prisoner and he is in that locked room on the sub. I think we what find that out. Next- I think we find that out next episode, actually. In Abaterno? No. no okay. Not Abaterno. Um, maybe it's the following episode. Recon. I don't know. We'll figure we'll it out. We'll find out. Yeah. It's coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Abaterno. I think uh, Abaterno, which is next week's episode, not to get too far in advance, but I don't think it's a completely separate
2: story. Yeah. It's like Uh, a, like you lift out of, yeah, of the storyline, but it's still needed for the storyline. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, we do get. Like, we, we do see some of the characters, but it's only leading into what this story mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah,
2: Jacob's in it, right? Yes.
1: A yeah, Jacob, Jacob, Richard.
2: Man in Black.
1: Yeah. Basically, the only people we're going to see next episode are the beach survivors. Okay. Not the Knotlock people. We, we've, right. got, we've got them this week.
2: Um, Good, because it's been a
1: lot of lock lately. Well, which kind of leads me into another point. Um, it's very interesting that by, not even by the end of this episode, but within, the, you know, by like the first, by the opening of this episode, we see there are very clearly two different factions now at this point. Everybody is split into two different groups, which that dynamic even changes by the end of the episode, because in, you know, by the beginning of this episode, we have two different factions. We have the beach crew and we have the Hydra Island crew. Um oh no cuz they're not on Hydra Island yet. Uh the beach crew is actually on Hydra Island. Um we have Notlock and then we have
2: Hurley's crew.
1: Hurley's crew or Alana's crew at this at this point. Oh okay. Um and then by the end we have those two crews and Sawyer
2: Yeah. So, okay. So I'm so glad that you say that because Sawyer is on his own journey. And I think that by the end of this episode, we realize that Sawyer's on his own journey because he's not. So there is a double meaning in recon, right? For the episode we have on the island timeline, he's actually doing recon Mm -hmm. on Hydra Island. And then on the flash sideways, he is reconning right? So he's pretending to be a con man at the very beginning.
0: Good catch.
2: So what's interesting to me is that we see in the flash sideways that Sawyer's a terrible liar, right? Terrible liar. And he probably would be a terrible con man, which is good that he is a cop, right? Because he's proven that this flash sideways Sawyer is not really the greatest liar. Um, He kind of He kind of like bumbles the pigeon drop um, at the beginning. He lies to Miles, and it doesn't really go very well um, about what he was doing in Palm Springs slash Sydney. Oh, Um, because
1: Miles calls him out on that lie almost like well, he doesn't call him out on it, but he sees through it immediately.
2: Right, right, yeah. And then, but on the on the island timeline, while Sawyer has been a really excellent con man and liar this entire time. He's not lying anymore. He doesn't lie to a
1: soul. Well, not only that, but not only like the con, the kind of reflection of this too, to keep on that theme is that you're right. He, he's a bad liar that people can see right through in the flash sideways. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, he is also someone who could see through everybody else's lies.
2: He is You mean in the flash sideways?
1: No, in the present day.
2: So in present day. He can see
1: right through the lies because there's the the woman that he runs into when he's doing his recon. Right. And he's testing her with his questions and sees right through her.
2: Well, she was terrible. Well, that's true. She was just, she was awful. She's just, do you have survivors? How many? Do you have guns? How many? When did you
1: crash? Yeah. Like you're asking (laughs) way too many questions.
2: You obviously didn't do your homework on Sawyer. (laughs)
1: <laughs> because
2: you could have gotten away with this, like with Jack, but not with Sawyer. Yeah, Sawyer. So of course. But when so Sawyer goes to widmore's sub and tells Widmore exactly what's going on, right? And then he like makes some kind of a deal with Widmore. Fine. Then he goes back to the main island and he tells Locke exactly the conversation that he had, and that like he's not lying to anybody. No, just, he doesn't he doesn't lie once. That. He is in DGAF mode more than ever. Yeah. Like he does not give a F like he doesn't care. He's like, no, look, I told that guy that we were going to, that I was going to lead you to him, but here's the deal. <laughs> I'm telling you that I told that guy that I'm going to lead him <laughs> to you. So what are you going to do? And then Kate's like, to what end? And he's like, I don't care. Let them find it out. We're getting off the Island. Like he doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. care who. What the human cost is, he doesn't care about any of these people anymore. He just wants to leave.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like he just does not lie to, to anybody, which is a really interesting comparison, too. Because one of the other things I realized watching this episode is how much Sawyer actually has in common with not lock in this episode. Because mm, I, mm-hmm. rewatching it, not lock also does not lie. No, not at all.
2: He manipulates.
1: He he manipulates, but it really got me thinking, and it's something I'm going to have to go back and, and kind of look into a little bit more, is I think he's always been this way. I don't think he's ever lied to anyone. He manipulates in in the words that he uses, but I don't think he's ever lied.
2: Hmm, That'd be something to think about that I don't have the time to think about right now, but I'm going to think about that. Because yeah. I think you're I think you're right, but that also just doesn't seem right at the same time.
1: But I mean, like even like when he's talking to Sawyer and he's like, Well, and he tells him, like, well, I am the black smoke thing.
2: But that's you know? the only person that he's told. He hasn't told anybody else that he's he, the black smoke monster. He has
1: he may not have lied, but he has also not told the truth through omission.
2: So it's lying through omission.
1: Lying through omission. Because we
2: tell our children is a bad thing.
1: Because when he, when the other survivors of the temple ask him what happened, he tells them they were killed by the black smoke monster. They just just, didn't ask
2: a follow-up question.
1: He's just neglecting to tell them that he is the black smoke monster.
2: But if they asked, well, what is the black smoke monster? Would he have answered truthfully?
1: I think he would have. I think it would have been more lying through omission. Because if you ask a question like that, it's, oh, it's something that's truly terrible. He's not lying. Yeah. He's also, I I think you have to be, it's kind of like the whole situation where you're given like, uh, you're given like three wishes, but you have to be very specific with your wish. Cause otherwise it could be very broad.
2: So if you,
1: if you want to know the truth, you have to be very specific. Like you would have had to say, are you the black smoke monster?
2: Yes, for
1: him to tell you, for you, him to actually say, "Yes, I am the Black Smoke Monster." Whereas,
2: but, didn't, but Sawyer didn't ask that question. Not Locke just offered that information to. He Sawyer. offered
1: that information up. Yeah, interesting. I, I don't know. Like, I, it's just, I, I found it very interesting because that is two of the notes that you know when he when he tells Sawyer, like, because I am the black, I am the smoke thing. He tells all the survivors the black smoke killed them. Um, you know, it's. He lies through omission but he's technically not lying. He hasn't lied to anybody. And I'm very curious if it's if that's always been the case. Cuz yeah, I because haven't paid Jacob close enough attention. He has lied. Oh yeah. Well, but we also know from talking from previous conversations Jacob is a very flawed character.
2: Right. But are we saying that man in black is not cuz he is?
1: No, he's absolutely a flawed character. It's just a matter of I think he's very careful with his words. Mm. So that is
2: like a con man. And maybe that's why he doesn't lie to Sawyer because Sawyer as a con man would see right through Locke. So he understands that to get Sawyer on his side, he has to be truthful with Sawyer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that could be the case. I do find it interesting, too, when he is when we do see that Sawyer is playing both sides, as you're right, like it's that intuition that Sawyer has that I think is absolutely brilliant in that, like he knows that John Locke or not Locke. His attention is on that plane. He wants the plane to get off the island. Charles Widmore, his attention is on not Locke, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, when, he, you know, that's that's what he's there for. Oh, no. Well, actually, I don't even know if that's why he's there. Has he ever revealed that's the reason why he's at the island?
2: No, because he does say um, he does say that what what Sawyer knows is like trivial or something like that, because he goes, you know, like, do you want to just kill this guy or this is like the bad guy and you want to get him or something? And he's like, you know, you just don't know anything. You don't know anything about anything of what's going on. So clearly Widmore is there for a reason that hasn't been disclosed yet.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we we know what it is yet because we are just getting a little bit of Widmore at this point. But
2: they are setting up those sonar towers.
1: Oh, the pie. Yeah, the pylons. Yeah. So, he know. Well, but again, let's not forget. He's been to that island before.
2: Has he been back on the island, though? Because he hasn't left the sub. Can he get back on the island? Do we know that?
1: That's a really good question. I didn't even really think about that because you're the right. The
2: pylons are being set up on the beach, which means that that's going to protect Widmore from Notlock, which means that he has no intention of coming onto the island. Well, he has to set. he has
1: to be on the island at some point does he well because we know what happens to that sub well i'm just saying and i'm pretty sure i remember charles doesn't go down with that sub so he has to be on the island at some point yeah i don't know and you know what it makes me think too that i honestly don't remember what happens to charles whitmore by the end of the series
2: he's our biff Tannen. (laughs) yeah
1: i don't remember what happens to him by the end of the series I don't remember if he survives. He's I don't, a character
2: I, that is very in, integral, in, integral to the story, but we forget about him, which
1: is kind of smart
2: mm.
1: in the way the story, in the way the character is portrayed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I mean, this is going to be a weird. Com- it's not going to be a weird comparison, but not, not everybody will get this comparison. He is. Charles Whitmore is the Moriarty of oh, this
2: story. Oh, yeah. Okay. I totally agree with you. So, he, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying that Notlock is Sherlock?
1: No, no, no. I don't really think there is a Sherlock. Is the um, island Sherlock? Could be. But Mori- but when I make that comparison to anybody who doesn't know who Moriarty is, Moriarty was the basically the arch nemesis of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. But... In the first couple Sherlock Holmes books, because I've read the entire Sherlock collection, I fucking love that collection. Um, That and King Arthur, like my two favorite uh, literary references. Um, Moriarty is never seen until the last book. He's mentioned, and you know he's pulling strings. But he is never actually seen or confronted by Sherlock until the final book. And that's kind of how Charles Whitmore is. I mean, granted, we've seen him. But he has always been very elusive. He's been in the background for most of it. and But yet we still know he's pulling a lot of strings. Charles Whitmore is kind of, in some ways, the Moriarty of Lost.
2: Yeah, because you can say all of the same things about Charles Whitmore.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I said. Like, he's been in the background most said, of it.
2: But we've also said, like, who is Widmore really working with when it comes to the island? Is he a Jacob or is he a man, man in black? Because spending that much time on the island and knowing the island's secrets, he has to know about Jacob and Man in Black. Um, I, Especially yes, spending and, that much time with Richard.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I could see him probably being a Sawyer and that he's playing his own side. He's playing for his own he's playing for his own interests.
2: Because he figured point. out how to time travel. And get rid
1: Oh yeah, because we that's right. We said he was yeah. the Biff it was the Biff Wait. Tannen of Lost.
2: No, that's canon for me now.
1: <laughs> oh, that he is the Biff Tannen? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. That
1: he figured it out.
2: Yeah. Cause he knew where the drop point was when people were ejected from the island after spinning the wheel. Yeah, but that wasn't time travel.
1: Well, I mean, it was not a sense in that it was like within a matter of weeks, but that wasn't years.
2: Yeah, but once you know that you can unhinge the wheel and turn the wheel and time travel and skip, like once you realize that, then you can get off the island in the way that you know how to get off the island in the past. My
1: head's about to hurt.
2: Well, you know, (laughs) it makes sense to me. So that's all that matters. All right okay i get it um
1: <laughs> yeah so it's it's very interesting because like i said we see that like they kind of set this episode up that like hey now we have sides we have this side and we have this side and then by the end of this episode they throw a total wrench into that wheel and be like okay yeah like no, no now we have two sides but now we have people that are playing for themselves
2: right and to a certain extent i think there's, there's- that there's a lot of people that are doing that. Kate is there for one reason. It has nothing to do with the island. She's there for Claire. Son is only there to get her husband home. Jack is, well, Jack is different. Um, so there's, I guess my point is, is that there, there seems to be a lot of people that are playing for just themselves, just on a, dif- a, on a different scale.
1: They're playing for themselves. I agree with that. Um, they're playing for themselves, but they've also still chosen sides. In a sense, Kate do you think is, that Sun has Sun hasn't been given an option yet? She's always been with Alana since getting to the island. She hasn't been given the option. Jack has Kate has Hurley has everybody else has been given the option. Sawyer's the only one J- son is the only one who hasn't been given the option. And Sawyer is the only one who said, fuck both of these options. I'm doing my own.
2: I think he realizes that he's not going to be hurt with man in black because man in black is counting on him for something because mm-hmm. he's treating Sawyer differently. He saved his life when he almost fell down the rope ladder He's been honest with him about being the black spoke monster. He's been honest with him about the recon mission. He's been honest with him about, um, hang on, where is it? Cause I wrote this down. He's also honest with him. Oh, he says that Sawyer is the best liar that he ever met, you know? So he definitely has plans for Sawyer and Sawyer knows that. And I think is playing that against him as well
1: yeah yeah that's for sure he has it's it's kind of in a sense it's kind of that whole keep your enemies closer kind of thing
2: yeah okay but he he
1: knows how dangerous he is, but he also knows like you said he finds him useful yes so so he's he's gonna take advantage of that. Sawyer knows when to take advantage of a situation he's always been that smart right. So you're right. I, I mean, and he, and I mean, that goes, that goes even further into playing the both sides element. He, he knows that he's useful. He's useful to both of these men. So he's taking advantage of that.
2: Right. He's useful now, to
1: Whitmore. He's useful to Notlock.
2: Now, what happens if he joins up with the beach crew? Like, what does he do? Does he then just, become like a triple agent then. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to play you guys against them too. Cause I can't remember if he joins back up with them.
1: I can't either. And wouldn't that technically make him, I think he's already a triple agent. Yeah. Okay. That would make him a quadruple agent. Cause he, he himself is an agent.
2: Or it just completes a square. I mean, it's then, then we just have, we have the beach people, the not lock people, the Hydra Island people, and then Sawyer. Yeah. Which I think that's how it's always been. I mean, when you really look at Sawyer, that's kind of how it's always been. The only time it wasn't that way was when he was with Juliet what? in the seventies yep. for three years.
1: Yeah, Juliet is the only person. Is the only time he went. He ever had a true partner.
2: It was the only time he ever had stability in his life.
1: I. It's 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 weird because like you look back at that and you can it it's kind of interesting to look at everything that he's doing right now can still be chalked up to trauma.
2: Yeah. Grief.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. It's acting through grief. He's he's regressing. Big time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it doesn't make us love Sawyer any less. Because you still see, even though he's grief stricken and he's regressing into the older Sawyer, you know through the flash sideways that that part of him is still there. The part of him that we grew to love when he was with Juliet is still there um as and like the, the good in him is still there, and it doesn't make us we because we don't forget that we still love Sawyer, mm. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, it does. It one hundred percent does. I feel like
1: I'm fumbling my words a lot in this discussion.
2: You know what though? Be? It's because it it's because Sawyer is so complex, and he's a character that didn't start off that way. And the way that Josh Holloway has played this character, and the way that the writers have really developed this character over the course of six seasons, our most complex character has got to be Sawyer at this point.
1: Well, I I would I would put him on par with Ben, obviously, because Ben is also a very complex character. That's true. Um, but I, I think you're right. I mean, if we had to list like a top three most complex characters on Lost, Sawyer's in that top three.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. Absolutely,
1: he's in the top two.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, and I love it because they the writers have have put all of these like little elements, this little bread breadcrumb trail in place over six, six seasons. You know, we see him in the early seasons that he is reading a lot, right? And all of a sudden we start paying attention to what he's reading, right? And it all connects with what's going on with him. We see that he, he is able to have a stable relationship with Juliet. We see that, um, He's a really smart, clever guy because of the fact that he's a con man, but also, you know, he's really quick with his, um, his nicknames, right? And those nicknames oftentimes are literary references. Mm. So with Sawyer, to me, it's like he was already a very complex character that we just didn't pay attention to in the beginning. He was like the dirty guy that stayed in his tent, hoarded all the stuff, and he just read books. But it's not until you actually sit down and you see the books that he's reading, how the the names, the nicknames that he's calling people, um, the allegiances that start to change, the growth that happens after time, his connection with Kate and his connection with Juliet. These are all these these small little moments that build up to a huge character arc and a redemption story, and it's beautiful. He is, he is a character, you're right,
1: that, who flies very much under the radar in yep. towards the beginning of the series. And it's kind of like, I'll put it to you and I'll make like another very weird comparison. Um, have you ever like been driving somewhere and it's a route you've taken a hundred times before? And then all of a sudden, one of these times you notice something that's always been there. But mm. you never noticed it before. It could mm-hmm. be like a restaurant or a store or something like, oh, I didn't know there was that. I didn't know that was there before. Right. And then every time you take that route from now on, every time you pass it, you're reminded, I didn't know that was there. But now I know. It. Now I notice it every time it's there. Yeah. That's kind of like Sawyer.
2: Yeah. He's that,
1: he's that storefront that has always been there. Right.
2: Right. But you're so concentrated on the main objective that you don't see what's also, like, right next to you.
1: And then once you notice it, you can't help but
2: notice it every time. Right. So, right. so Sawyer is, 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 well, I think we all know this, Sawyer's my favorite character by a mile. Oh, um, yeah. But this particular episode, I think, really sums up everything that Sawyer's been through. And I really think that this episode was very beautifully written.
1: Well, there's a lot of callbacks in this episode, too. Um, did you see the books?
2: So I have notes about the books.
1: Cause the, because the, I, I'll, just, I'll mention mine, and then I'll let you kind of take over. Um, the books that are on the dresser when Charlotte is going through are three books he has read on the island.
2: There are also three books that are important to this story so it's,
1: it's watership down Lancelot it's watership down and wrinkle in
2: Lancelot time. and wrinkle in time so mm-hmm. hang on let me get to my let me get to my notes
1: <laughs> hang on We're i will there. say while you're looking for your notes too i will say just kind of going back a little ways um because she she doesn't get um enough credit but uh it was so great seeing Jody lynn O'Keefe. In this episode,
2: yes, I agree. That was, fun. <laughs> as that was the, fun as the woman he was trying to con. They had a lot of chemistry for like two minutes on screen together. Yeah, I think anybody has chemistry with Josh Holloway, though. It's hard not I, to,
1: I could see that. But Jodie, yeah. Jodie Lynn O'Keefe is one of those great character actors. Um, like she's been in, she's the prostitute in Big Bang Theory.
2: That they yes. hire for Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She's been and she's all that. She like she's been in a ton of stuff. She's a great character actress. It was great. Yeah, her, she's fun even for okay, a small so, part.
2: Watership Down. Okay, the first book that we said is on his chest, right? So the novel's about anthropomorphized. Rabbits searching for a new home after one has visions of death approaching their oppressive society. The rabbits find what they think is utopia, but discover that it is a farm with traps and snares. They find that they have to live together or die alone while establishing new rules by which to live. A wrinkle in time. Wrinkle in Time, the story follows Meg Murray, a teenager who travels in time and space with her younger brother, Charles Wallace, and her friend, Calvin O'Keefe. Their mission is to rescue her father, who is a scientist being held prisoner on an alien planet dominated by a large dark cloud known as the Black Thing. Hmm. Lancelot tells the story of Lancelot Lamar, an attorney who finds out that he is not the father of his youngest daughter. Lamar kills his wife by blowing up their house. He ends up in a mental institution with his memories where reality and the past get blurred for him.
1: Well, I mean, and again, like, I get how important these are to the story, but we've talked about these books before.
2: Right. But at this point, to, to remind us of this yeah. again, that they're, they're telling us that what we are seeing is still not what we are seeing, mm-hmm. you know, and there's still foreshadowing that is still happening um, in, this, in this story. And then there was one other thing. Hang on. There was one other thing with Little House on the Prairie. Where is it? And so I,
1: I I have notes on that as well. Um, okay, go ahead. The So the episode of Little House on the Prairie he's watching is with Michael Landon's character. It, the daughter is worried about losing her parents. Mm-hmm. And the advice that he gives her is to stop worrying about what's going to happen and just live each day. Right. Um. Which is, you know, so like, stop worrying about things or you'll miss half your life. Right. Um, and that's pretty much the, the message that Sawyer takes in that moment, too, because that's the moment that he goes. He attempts to apologize to Charlotte, which is the woman that Miles set him up on a date with. Um, and he, the woman that he kind of freaked out on when she found the Sawyer folder. And it also leads him to eventually be up front with Miles about why he was in Sydney, why he was in Australia, why he flipped out on Charlotte and the truth about his past.
2: I love the fact that Sawyer and miles seem to have become best friends over the three years that we didn't see them in the seventies and their, their partners in the flash sideways, mm-hmm. just kind of solidifying the fact that these two were meant because they're both con men
1: and they're both also, but they're also in very similar roles too, because they were both in security for the three years they were in Dharma and now they're in law enforcement.
2: Right. But they're the same. They're, they're, they're people of the same kind of thread, right? Yes. They're both con men, but they both have like really troubled family histories and, and, their family histories kind of define them. Although it's interesting because Pierre Chang is working at a museum in the flash sideways. He's not like no Island is mentioned, even though the Island has been mentioned before in the, in the flash sideways. Have we seen that yet? He already said that the reason why, uh, Oh, Charlotte, Charlotte. that's right. Worked with his dad at the museum.
1: That's right. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, the the callbacks and, and everything that are in this episode that kind of are pertinent to Sawyer are are fantastic. And it's kind of like we talked about the mirror that he looks into in the locker room and he kind of and that he punches and he shatters. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of almost like it's kind of like a metaphor for shattered reality
2: mm. um,
1: in a sense that one. Okay, I'm trying to think of how I could properly put this. Because I do, I do honestly feel like I'm kind of stumbling over my words.
2: I think you're episode. doing great. Keep going. perfect uh, uh, not brain baby.
1: Um, it, It's kind of foreshadowing as to when we find out what these Flash Sideways actually are. Okay. In my yeah. opinion. In my okay.
2: opinion.
1: Because sure. these aren't reality. Right. These I are.
2: I kind of wish it was, though. I really enjoy the Flash Sideways I more than I did the first like couple times I watched it. I and mean, it could oh, be mean- because we're analyzing so much this time yeah. around.
1: Uh, and again, like I think because one of the things that I never took in all the previous times watching this series that we're really starting to focus on now because of it is how the, all of these flash sideways lead to the redemption of these characters. Mm-hmm. So that by the end, when they move on, they are legitimately able to do so. Right. Um, and now kind of looking back at that and seeing like, okay, these are how all these characters are are finding closure and redemption so that they can get to that point makes these Flash Sideways more interesting to watch.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Well, and I love the fact that all these characters are still very connected to each other. And I noticed that more so than the other Flash Sideways episodes, it seems to me Uh, that Sawyer has more connections to these characters in The Flash Sideways than any other character.
1: Well, I mean, so, I mean, if you take account of the ones that are in this episode, obviously you have Miles, you have Charlotte, you have Pierre Chang indirectly. Mm -hmm. uh, You have Charlie indirectly through Liam. Right. You have Kate, which is a very obvious one by the end. Um,
2: You have Locke through Anthony Cooper.
1: Okay, yeah, you have locked through Anthony Cooper. And, and then I later
2: get... we get Juliet.
1: Oh, very, yeah, obviously, we'll get Juliet right. later. We haven't seen the connection to Jack yet.
2: And I think that that's okay. I do too. I don't think that they need a connection because I don't feel that they are connected in real time.
1: I, I, I can agree with that. I, I don't think, I mean, these are two very clearly different characters. They've always been very different characters. They've always been on opposite ends of the spectrum of each other.
2: But really only when it comes to Kate.
1: Kate has really been the only thing that connects to them.
2: Right. Because they only had, in my opinion, of course, I mean, I'm sure there's different views on this. But if it wasn't for Kate, I'm not sure that they would have real animosity towards each other. I think that they would have worked probably just fine together. Okay. All right, I can yeah. because Kate played both of them. She really led both it. of them on. Well,
1: it, on, in that aspect too, then then when you think of it, Kate was really Sawyer before Sawyer because that's what Sawyer's doing now. Kate's you mean with
2: play- between Woodmore and the Man in Black? Yeah, he's playing both sides
1: the same way Kate did to Jack and Sawyer.
2: I don't know. I think that Kate just like didn't know what to do cuz she felt a connection with both of them. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I I hate I hate the love triangle trope. I think it's overplayed. I, I look, think that it's not not even I, good television. It's not good story writing.
1: I've given you my opinion on the love triangle and that it's never an actual triangle. Right.
2: Because unless both
1: men or both women are also in love with each other, right. it never connects. Right. So it's not a Actually, triangle. Actually,
2: if everybody was in love with each other, it would be a lot easy. They'd just be a thruple. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. But, I, the, like, the, but when the love ca- triangle trope, mean, trope is non-existent. It doesn't but when, exist.
2: It, but what's nice is that you saw that there was growth, at least with Sawyer, because... When Kate returns to the island and Sawyer's with Juliet, there's no contest on what is going on with that, with that old relationship between Sawyer and Kate because it's over. Because Sawyer is so in love and happy and stable with Juliet that it's not even, like, in his brain to be with her. I just thought of something.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's another callback in this episode. Well, he calls her freckles. Well, not only that, the sunflower. Oh yeah, isn't that the same flower he gave Juliet when he's waiting at the door?
2: Or was it a daisy?
1: Oh, see, now this is gonna. I can't me.
2: remember if because I remember thinking the same thing, but I can't remember if it was a sunflower or a daisy. Because daisies seem to me that they would be easier to find and pick on the island than a big sunflower. Oh, um, I'm
1: looking at a picture of it now, and I can't tell what it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is a big yellow flower. So it could be a big daisy. Big yellow daisy. But it doesn't look like a daisy. Is a Gerber daisy? Do you know just, what a Gerber Daisy is?
1: I do not.
2: They're my favorite flower.
1: Um, hold on. Let me okay. Google Google <laughs> uh, Gerber. Not Daisy. Dairy. Jesus, I can't spell Daisy. Daisy. Um, no, it is not a Gerber Daisy.
2: So maybe it is a sunflower. Maybe that's his "I'm sorry" flower.
1: It looks, it looks like. Well, I mean, regardless, whether it's a sunflower or not, it it, it it's a very similar looking flower. It, it could be just a different version of a sunflower or a smaller yeah. sunflower. But regardless, it is a single yellow flower. Right. That is where there is a a connection
2: because his smile and those dimples get him a long way. He doesn't even have to have to bring the flower. He just does it because he knows that it's just kind of laying it on thick. Leans very up true. against the doors, got a flower and a smile, flashes those dimples, sparkling eyes. Yep, you're in. Come on in, buddy. Well,
1: but it's also, I, I love too, because this is something I've looked into in the past when I was dating before. And the color of the flower is even representative of something as well. Because yellow flowers mean joy, gladness, friendship, delight, or promise of a new beginning. Ah. So, I mean, it, it, is, it, it is a very... Yellow is a flower to use when you're being apologetic because it means, I'm sorry, let's start over. Like it's, it's but I don't problem.
2: think that he ever had to do that with Juliet.
1: No, I don't think so either.
2: You know what I mean? Him and like Juliet
1: always had that. By the time he gave her that flower, they always had a connection.
2: Well, it's so funny because when I remember in early in the season, when they all show up on the Island and Juliet's like, okay, so this is over, right? Cause they're all back. And he's like, what are you talking about? no, <laughs> yeah you know so i don't know it was it, it it was weird and i think a little out of place to have him revisiting his time with kate in the bear cages fondly considering <laughs> the fact that he's still you said like, the name of the major- podcast mic drop <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was for steve
2: <laughs> um that's really funny um <laughs> so you know, to me, it was a little out of place, but I guess they needed to make a connection between him and Kate just to get the story to move forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. But for him to call her freckles and for him to kind of hold the dress and remember what happened in the bear cages and blah, 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 it just seemed a little out of place given kind of the emotional state that Sawyer's in.
1: Um. Yeah, no, I I. I can see that. I. I think, again... More than anything else, I think all of these things were just kind of again, it's kind of like Sawyer is retraveling his own road. It's the reflection of, you know, again, it goes back to the being the haunted by the past and that he is he's basically walking down the road he's already traveled
2: here I go again on my own.
1: <laughs> I never thought we'd get a White Snake reference in this podcast, but who's going to say? down
2: the only road I've ever known?
1: We're gonna get sued by White Snake.
2: Whatever. <laughs> no, we're not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: what else you got?
1: Hmm. All right. So let me see. So we did we mentioned LaFleur being the code word. That was a very quick reference. And you know, Sawyer being a cop, Jody Leno. We got all of Sawyer's
2: asked. names in this episode.
1: James Ford, Sawyer.
2: LeFleur and LeFleur. Sawyer. Yep. And Miles has always called him Jim. Both on That's and off true. The island. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um there so there's a oh God, I, I wrote this quote down. And I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember where it. Ha- I know it happens at the beginning of the episode, but I found it very interesting. Is that there's a loin? There's a line, a loin. A loin. That, there's a <laughs> I line. Just said it wrong. That, you're stupid. Um, there's a line that Sawyer says because I don't need saving. Which I, I I wrote it down, but I wish I wrote down more because I don't remember.
2: <laughs> Where in your notes is it? Like, is it it's, around something?
1: It's the, it's the third one. Um, it's the oh, I remember exactly when it was. It was, um, <laughs> I think I remember. Um, maybe I don't. Never mind. I take it. Back. Was it
2: Sawyer telling Zoe like that? He didn't. No, no, no. The this is
1: beginning of the episode. I think this happens. I think it said during the. F- the moment with him and Jody Lynn O'Keefe's character. When, like, if if you, like, I think she says something to him, like, if you felt like you really needed to be saved, you would have said the co-word, you would have said the co-word already. And he's like, well, it's because I don't need saving. Right. Basically saying, like, he can take care of himself. And then yeah. that's basically what we get That was really the point I wanted to make with that line is that that's basically what we get throughout the course of this episode is that he is playing both sides, but Sawyer absolutely knows how to take care of himself.
2: I don't think that that's ever been a question throughout this whole series. He's always been a survivor. True. I mean, from the raft to skipping in time to being stuck in the seventies to being in a bear cage. I mean, he's, he's really had quite the journey and he's never needed anybody to save him because he's always known that nobody's ever going to save him.
1: I don't think he's ever been directly
2: rescued. No, because everybody wanted to save Kate. They didn't want to save Sawyer. Mm -hmm. you know, like, and he's known that he's known that he is a loner his whole life. And maybe that's the problem, right? Is that,
1: because even in the moment where he is. Even in the moment where he's held at gunpoint in the rain and. It, when the, when they're on Hydra Island and Kate yep. is talking into the walkie talkie and Jack does the whole thing about, you know, cutting the sack on Ben's back in order for them to escape. It's, it was more for Kate.
2: Yeah. that was, He didn't do that for Sawyer.
1: Yeah, I, he would have never done that if it was Sawyer that was there without Kate.
2: Right, and Kate weirdly has always needed saving, despite the fact that she has proven to be very resourceful. She's always needed somebody else to help her.
1: Yeah, and you're right. Like Sawyer has never needed a rescue from any at any point at any point. The only mm-hmm. time he's ever you needed help has actually been recently, and it was when they were climbing down to the caves.
2: I can I can even think of another one and that's when Juliet had his back when he almost got shot helping out those Dharma people and she said I told you I always have your back
1: but that was he was that was also accepted at that point too
2: well no I mean that was a partnership he didn't need saving but that was that was the beginning of him realizing that while he didn't need it he had a partner
1: yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah so I mean it's Yeah, it's always been very clear. Sawyer has has never needed help from anybody. And Mm -hmm. and again, it goes back to that line that I mentioned, because when he says to her character, I don't need saving.
2: Right. Because I don't
1: need saving. He never has. No, he's he's always been a survivor.
2: But that's all. That's somebody who also has never had anybody to depend on. I mean, losing both of his parents at nine years old, that's, those are formative years, right? So he has learned very early on that he can only depend on himself. So he closes himself off and he becomes this loner con man kind of character as a result. And, you know, he does tell, uh, Charlotte at some point, I said, I knew that I had reached a point in my life where I was either going to be a criminal or a cop. And I chose cop, you know, so. He's very self-aware. He knows that, you know, those are two very lonely professions too. being a cop can be a very lonely profession if you choose not to have a family because your life is the job. Same with Mm -hmm. being a criminal. Your life is the job.
1: Yeah. But it also it also goes to show, too, that it didn't matter what choice he made and what path he took. He was still haunted by that moment in his life. It was still something that stuck with him. It was something he was never going to be able to let go. Right. You know, and that's kind of goes back to my whole point about the, the theme of this being haunted by your past is that it didn't matter whether he was a con, a criminal or a cop, it still haunted him.
2: Right. Well, he's always been haunted by his past always. Yeah. But he's good at compartmentalizing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I I think I really only have like, I don't really have, do you have any other main points? Cause everything else I have is kind of very too, quick. And, and it funny. has to
2: do with Claire and Kate and Saeed.
1: That's one of my, my notes. So go ahead and I'll just throw in mine.
2: So my main thing, because I, I know that we're going to talk about the other stuff, but the main thing, my third note down is we now know Saeed is beyond repair because as Claire is trying to kill Kate right next to him, he's just watching
0: mm-hmm. like,
2: like, could not care less what what the end result of that is. And that is not the Saeed that we've come to know. And it pisses me off because I hate the ending that they gave Said. I hate it. I hate it with a fiery passion. I
1: I'll agree and disagree. I don't think he's beyond repair because if he was beyond repair, we wouldn't have gotten the ending that we get for Saeed. I think it would have been much more... I think it would have been much different if, if he was beyond repair, the fact that he, and again, this is going into spoiler territory a little bit too, but the fact that like when Said meets his end, it's a sacrifice.
2: Okay. Uh, and I, I
1: think that shows that the, there was still something left.
2: So he just didn't feel Said. like doing that for, for Kate.
1: I don't think he ever really felt like maybe there was, I don't think he's, he has started that journey towards, Ref- realizing there's anything wrong with him, right. I think he's okay. still so close minded close-minded at this point that he doesn't realize there's something wrong. Well, I, or mm-hmm. like, he he realizes there's something wrong, but he just doesn't think he doesn't realize yet that he can move past it. Because again, his ending is a sacrifice, and yeah. it's, it's it's a sacrifice that unfortunately does not work. I know because it does no, ultimately that's the end. Okay. <laughs> you do realize we're going to have to talk about it at some point.
2: Shh, we'll talk about it when it's time.
1: <laughs> the the last couple episodes of the series are going to be very difficult.
2: I know. That one in particular. No. Um yeah, but that was my big Said note was was that and then um, I do have a question because I can't I honestly can't remember um is do you think Claire is genuinely sorry here I do okay I do and I, I actually was the whole time she was hugging Kate you could tell Kate
1: was too <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part about it I do and I think and it, it goes back to more how honest not lock is but yet manipulating at the same time because he's hmm. the one that breaks them up He's the one that splits them up. And he tells her flat out, like, she did what she had to do. She couldn't find you. You weren't around. So she stepped up and took care of Aaron. He's not lying to her. No, and he's not, not tur- at all. And he's not turning them against them. If anything, he's fixing something. But why? I don't know. <laughs>
2: You know what I mean? Why? Yeah. Why?
1: Yeah, I I don't know.
2: Maybe that's the whole trying to fix someone else's crazy mom.
1: Maybe it he, does, maybe it does stem from other issues.
2: Because he does talk to Kate about the fact that he had a crazy mom and Claire has become a crazy mom. And you know. I think that that that's the one that's his weak link, right? Is his mommy issues. Mm-hmm. And this is a whole show developed on daddy issues. And it's really been the man in black has had mommy issues.
1: Well, and he's always been the opposite side of the scale, too. So, I mean, that would right. make sense.
2: Right. But yeah. it's interesting how that all of a sudden flips in the last half of the last season. It becomes all about issues with the mother instead of the father. Mm hmm. Because even when you look at um, John, John Locke, and Anthony Cooper, it seems that they're fine. Right in the Flash Sideways, Miles and his father seems that they're fine in the Flash Sideways. In uh, in Jack's Flash Sideways, he he comes to a sort of acceptance about who his father was with his mother when they're mm. looking for the will. So it, it's interesting to me how it's just, it's all kind of lined up in the fact that we've resolved these issues with the father in the flash sideways. And it really becomes more about issues with the mother.
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, in essence, like we kind of, you know, we are we're, we're going to talk about, like, we're going to talk about this more in the next episode, but these flash sideways have been just that they've been these different realities. They've been these reflections on what we've already seen in flashbacks before. Whereas this next episode is going to be an actual flashback. I can't, there's no flash sideways about it.
2: I can't wait. I Um, almost watched it, but I was like, no, no, Kristen, let's save it. Go watch another (laughs) Tom Cruise movie. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you enjoyed that Tom Cruise movie.
2: I've seen easily 10 Tom Cruise movies in the last couple of days, in the last week.
1: All the Mission Impossibles.
2: All of them.
1: Edge of Tomorrow.
2: Yep. Top Gun Top Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. That's six, seven, eight. That's eight.
1: So almost 10.
2: That's a lot. It's a lot of Tom <gasps> well, Cruise. Well, I almost had to watch the original Top Gun, and I, you know, thankfully chewed myself out of that bear trap. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I coyote uglied myself out of that one.
2: <laughs> hey, do you remember who plays the mom in? I, I'm sorry. I, I went back to the show weirdly. <laughs> um, <laughs> like- who plays that? Cause we always squirrel off. Um, who plays? Go ahead. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Who plays uh Jacob and Man in Black's mother?
1: I do not remember.
2: Allison Janney.
1: Real oh, really?
2: I totally forgot. And I'm so excited because she's so good. Yeah.
1: I forgot that too.
2: Yeah, I saw a still of her um when I was looking at like just future, I was counting future episodes, you know, on the app. And uh and then she was in the still, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's Alice and Jenny. And I got really excited.
1: So CJ Craig was the mother of the man in black.
2: That's the rewatch we should do.
1: God, I, love I, I still haven't even finished that series.
2: I just can't even talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, guys. We're done. <laughs> no more. No more um, episodes. That until, officially until... closes out my note, so you go.
1: Um. I, yeah, I mean, I was talking about Kate and... Uh, uh, Kate and Claire I had that in my notes as well um, The only other thing I was Mentioning too was I had in my notes I had pile of bodies question mark
2: Yeah okay let's talk about That Um,
1: I don't remember there being that Many people on the plane Because I... Hurley even says he bought Up most of the seats So where did all those People come
2: from okay but Also like who killed them are we supposed to believe that that Notlock killed them? Whitmore's people. So he mass murdered like fifty people. I think no. I
1: here's the thing. I think we're we're meant to believe, and I think it is the truth. Is that these are people that? No, because I don't buy that at all. Because the Ajira plane did not <laughs>
2: crash; it landed. It landed, yeah. Because Lapidus always said. I would never have crashed the plane. I would have landed it on the island. So that is like that is the
1: reason why I put the question mark next to that. I was like, where did these people come from? Did they starve?
2: With all the mangoes on the island?
1: I I mean, the only thing I can think of is that somehow these actually were passengers on the plane, which I don't buy that at all because, as I mentioned, it's totally against continuity because Hurley says he bought up all of those tickets.
2: Yeah, because the people that were on the plane that weren't supposed to be on the plane, like he was really, really stressed out about it.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I I mean, there were other Ajira people on
2: there, but they were with Alana. But it's also possible that he bought up the remaining tickets, and that because it was a big, a big plane. Well, then where were
1: all these other people in the tail section we didn't see? Sure, they were all in first class. That's true. All right, maybe that is the case. Maybe they were just all people, but I mean, if that's the case, then maybe they were murdered by Whitmore's people.
2: <sighs> uh, you know, he's a bad man, but he's not a mass murderer that, of and, innocent people.
1: and that's why I'm having trouble with that theory as well is because I right. never put that on Whitmore, right as in being that kind of person because he's
2: not. he's not. Yeah.
1: I mean, I could see him putting targets on people that are specifically for target.
2: his end game. Like, like right. yeah,
1: like he wanted Ben dead. Um, you know, that's why he, you know, that's why Kimi was brought in. Like there are particular people he wanted eliminated. Mm-hmm. I don't think I never would have put it on Charles Whitmore to eliminate twenty to thirty innocents. Yeah, just for the sake of creating a cover story.
2: I do like the fact that Sawyer kind of called Woodmore out on that on the submarine when he was like, "Yeah, I know who you are. You're the guy that hired all the people to come on the island and kill all of us. What do yeah. you want?" Yeah. Sawyer's <laughs> no, no dummy, time,
1: man. <laughs> Sawyer is no dummy.
2: No, he's not. And, you know, that also proves kids keep reading. If you read, if you keep reading, you're always going to be smarter than everybody else. <laughs>
1: If nothing else, you will be smarter than Charles Whitmore.
2: That's great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Your English teacher said keep reading.
1: <laughs> but that's really all I have for my notes. Yeah, me too. As well. I mean good Sawyer you know.
2: episode, man.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Is this his last bottle episode? Uh I don't know. That's a good
1: question. Um let me see. I had the freaking wiki opened and I closed it because I'm a dope.
2: Yeah. A dopey dope.
1: Uh, let's see. Episode six or season six. Raycon. Yeah, because number nine is Richard. Richard. Ten is Jin and Son. Eleven is Desmond. Yes. Uh, twelve is Hurley. Thirteen is various people.
2: The rest uh, of it is various people.
1: Well, no. Candidate is Jack and Locke. Fifteen is Jacob and the Man in Black. So we might be confusing our episodes, getting the backstory and seeing them as children, and I'm meeting him, meeting it's her. The m- end. Oh, I always thought it was Abboterno. No, uh uh-uh. uh. I thought that was part of the Richard story.
2: No, it's a totally different story. I do want to tell you that. The end, part one and part two, we should just watch as one for the finale. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. What they died for in the end are 16 and 17. They're the two part finale.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think. Let me see. May eight That aired on May 18th. Nope. That's not what I wanted. And then although they did air in two. No, no. Because the end is an hour and a half long episode.
2: Okay, let's so, talk about this after we're recording because I because I have something to say about that. But let's say that do that after we're done here.
1: Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's going to wrap it up for the discussion then on this episode. Uh, next episode, as we mentioned, this is an episode we've been looking forward to for a while. Yes, because it is one of the highest rated episodes of the series as well. In that that is- proves
2: what a fan favorite Richard is and how good they how well they did with Richard as a whole as a character by keeping him so mysterious that when we finally get to this episode everybody's all in.
1: Yeah. It is of season 6. It is the highest rated episode of the se- of the season. Yeah. Second I, uh, it's it's only the finale is the second. The finale is at a 9.0 which just goes to show you all the people that hated the finale. Like it's, it's rated at a nine. Like fuck off. Well,
2: any toxic part of any fan base is always going to be the loudest.
1: Yeah. But ab up Star Wars. 9.2. 9.2.
2: It's an excellent episode. I really can't wait. This was the lowest. uh, This episode recon was the lowest rated, uh, not rated, but the lowest. Uh, what what do you call it? The least amount of people saw it.
1: it. Well, you're. It's actually of the season. It's actually tied as the lowest rated, as well.
2: Which is a shame because you know I think it's a very good episode, but it well, it, al- it also is a very confusing episode.
1: Well, it can it can also be said as well because uh, Recon is at a seven point seven. Ab of turno is a 9.2, and then the following episode, the package is at a 7.7. The package could just be because ab of turno was so good. It's like getting
2: the bends. Yeah, it, yeah, it
1: feels <laughs> like it doesn't compare to the last episode. So you're gonna you're gonna rank it a little lower. Right. Um, you know, recon, you know, I don't get why it's a 7.7. I enjoy the episode. But, you know, it is what it is.
2: It's confusing. It leaves you with a lot of questions. Like, we have had a lot of questions in our, just our discussion alone today where we're like, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. So, you know, uh, one of the biggest complaints about the last season is that there are a lot of unanswered questions. And this mm-hmm. episode surely provides a lot of that.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I see that as well. Uh, but yeah, next episode, season six, episode nine, Ab Eterno. <laughs> uh, but that leads us to the feedback element of the podcast In which we have two uh, We're going to start with Dez Only be- only because we are recording this on um, Friday, July 7th uh, Which is also Dez's birthday
2: July 7th? Yeah Oh, that's today
1: yeah, that's what I said on the day we're recording this, which is Friday, July 7th. It is Dez's birthday.
2: Happy so, birthday, Dez.
1: So happy birthday to our friend Dez.
2: I was even going to say it would be fun to have him on for Abaternal next week.
1: I, I, w- I would be okay with that if we can figure out scheduling.
2: Yeah, Dez, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: but why don't we start with the email from Dez? Sure,
2: I will read it. The subject is after sundown all right hey guys sorry i've been mia a lot of work and you know i'm old he's so old we lose track of time (laughs) as we say this on
1: his birthday
2: (laughs) (laughs) we lose track of time and are very forgetful that that he's saying we as old people i'm not in that group though don't include me in
1: that group yeah that's that's no
2: we're spring chickens (laughs) There are a couple of things I haven't forgotten than some other people may have. Spoilers ahead. Mother was not Jacob and his brother's actual mother. Their real mother was murdered by mother right after giving birth to them. This episode titled Across the Sea, Not Abaternal, <laughs> aired May 11th, 2010, two days after Mother's Day. Oh, that was <laughs> nice of them. <laughs> About Abaterno. This was the episode that gave us the story of the Black Rock and how Richard found himself eternally young, an indentured servant to Jacob, and the inspiration for the Liner fad in the early 2010s. Yeah. If you look at uh, Adam Lambert, that's definitely it. Yeah. Um, the watch that Jin was bringing to America was intended for a dear friend and business partner of Pike Wu Young. This friend was Charles Whitmore. Now that I have all that business out of the way, I have a question. Do we think that everyone goes to the flash sideways or just certain people? The thing with our people in the church was that they were all waiting until they were all ready to let go and head into whatever came next. Obviously, not everyone there was even real. Jack's son only existed in the sideways. I don't believe Omar and Nadia even met in the real world, so their children never existed. The fact that some people like Kimi died brings into question if they were real or basically like holograms playing parts, pushing our heroes to their stories ending. Maybe that was the real Kimi, given a chance at redemption and squandering it. Okay, enough of the deep shit. One more question. Ben, did you say Zack Snyder is better with original movies than he is with remakes? The only straight-up remake I know of is Dawn of the Dead, one of the best zombie movies ever made. I'm guessing you may have said the opposite of what you meant, right? Okay, that's all. I'm done. (laughs) Got to go fill out my AARP application. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, addressing the Zack Snyder thing first. Um, I don't think what I said was correct either way. I don't think I said what I meant and I don't think the opposite was true either. Um, <laughs> because I, I think I did say he's better with originals than he is with remakes, but Dawn of the dead is easily one of the best zombie movies ever made.
2: The one with uh, Phil Dunphy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The I one haven't with seen it. Hell. Oh my God. It I've is seen parts of it. It is fucking amazing. It is, is, it better is such than
2: 28 a- days later.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I would put it against 28 Days Later. Well, yeah, because 28 Days Later isn't a zombie movie. Um it, uh, the original Dawn of the Dead was my is my still to this day my all-time favorite zombie movie, but the remake is damn close. All right. Um it's it's really good. Um I, I don't think he's good at either one. <laughs> I don't think he's good at originals or remakes, with the exception of Dawn of the Dead. Uh because well, no, Watchmen was really good too, but that's also not original. That was uh that's somebody else's properties, and then he he did what he did with the bet with the DC movies, and that was just horrible. Um, because those movies were garbage. I don't care what anybody says. The DC I'm movies. I'm not gonna
2: garbage. argue with you, so yeah, I don't know fine. if you were looking for that.
1: <laughs> um, in regards to his questioning of do we think the flash sideways goes to everyone or just certain people? I think it's just certain people.
2: I love the idea of the like adversaries in the flash sideways being adversaries from the Island to like fill in that spot, to get that character to where they need to go. I think that's brilliant. I think that's a really insightful observation. So I appreciated that part of his email.
1: Well, not only that, but I like the idea of also uh, on the same note, also the possible theory that maybe that was Kimi and not just someone that like the flash sideways threw in to fill a role, but maybe that was actually Kimi that was given a chance at redemption, but he squandered it. Like Because like, of the connection
2: that. that the watch had to Kimi and Charles Widmore and the fact that Widmore hired Kimi to go onto the island.
1: Yeah. So maybe Kimi was given a chance at redemption too, but just didn't pass the test.
2: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think if there's any one person that could, that could be true or it's Kimi. Yeah. Kimi sucks. Uh, but I, I don't think that's true of anybody else. I don't, I think everybody else is basically just, it's, it's like being in the matrix. Like they're all generated people. Right. To kind of just help them find their own personal redemptions.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: So that's my theory on it anyway. Okay. So. Uh, But that leads us to, of course, a voicemail from our friend Steve Brown. And we'll go ahead and play that now.
0: Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and this is for uh, Recon. I I had a thought about these sideways flashes. Are they all living in the same universe, or do you think they're all each different? Like, just because Sawyer is a comp in his flash sideways, was he a comp when he let Kate out of the elevator because that was her flash sideways? Previously on, just we opened with Sawyer... Living out in the jungle by himself. He's yeah. not by himself. He's got oh, Jen yeah. with him. And I guess they're at the beach, aren't they? Remember, is this a? Is, this is just a distraction, right? This is not him running that same con that he was running before with the money and the briefcase and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was going to try to get the husband. husband. Oh, And Miles is his partner. I totally forgot about that. And Claire still has her creepy fake baby. <laughs> and Kristen, I can answer your question about Lapidus. The reason he's on the island is so because he's the only one that could land a plane on the island, remember? And I think he takes off in it, doesn't he? Miles' his dad works at a museum. A not-locked Just submitted to being the smoke monster to Sawyer. Uh, recon. Lock just, not locked just, not-locked just said the title of the episode. Mic drop. Oh, it's Charlotte. What that point was, James, where you decided to be a cop in this life and a criminal in the other? Oh, the cages from season two? Yeah, right? Three That they were held in and, man, this is bringing back him some memories. And now we finally get the confrontation between Claire and Kate. Man. And a slap from Locke. Excuse me, not Locke. Oh, are these the dead people from the plane that Sawyer just found? Charlie's brother. I don't remember this Zoe and what her storyline is, so I'm, this is all completely new to me. So these must be uh, Widmore's people, right? Because it just came out of the jungle with the guns that Zoe whistled for. Okay, so Claire has had quite a change of heart. She's gone back and forth this episode. One minute she's holding Kate's hand, and then the next minute she's jumping on her to beat her up, and now she's crying on her shoulder. Okay, so Sawyer's going to honor his deal with not Locke, but not Charles Widmore. Oh, and he's coming clean to Miles in the flash sideways. And they just got smashed. Oh, who hit them in the back? Oh, it's Kate. Okay, how exactly does Sawyer think he's going to be able to drive a sub? Anyway, next week. (laughs) (sighs)
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. He can't fly a plane, but he can run a sub.
2: I don't know. Does he have sub experience from the three years that he was with the Dharma?
1: Oh, that's a good point. He might. I he's mean, dealt I know what that's he's dealt with a sub before.
2: Right. I mean, that's like grasping at straws. I realize that. But at least there's like maybe a nice little thread that that explains that. I don't know. I or like Steve- he's just so dead set on leaving. He doesn't care.
1: I like Steve's theory that these are all different universes, but I don't think that's the case at all. I think everybody's in the same. This is all the same Flash sideways. They're all in the you same. Think so? Yeah,
2: because I kind of liked that theory. I do too, but then
1: what happens when they are when they're all connected? I mean, because we're going to see them. It, we see them interacting with each other more and more. The fir- the more and more we go forward. Jack and Locker have a bigger connection like cuz Jack's the one that performs the surgery on Lock and gets him walking again and like it's th- there're definitely connections here. If there if if some of them if there are separate flash sideways some of them are in the same one.
2: Well yeah, I mean Jack and Lock's story has always been intertwined with each other. So it would make sense that their flash sideways would be the same flash sideways because Those two have always been, it's always been man of science, man of faith, basically. Yeah, but then
1: I'm curious if we're going to see Jack and Kate interact. I'm sure they do at some point because there would have to be a connection between the two of them.
2: Why? Oh, yeah. duh. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I think they're all in the same one. I just I don't want think, Jack to like go dissolve into the <laughs> into the background.
1: You want like a a Thanos snap and just see Jack just.
2: I out do. Of I just you know, I'm trying. Jack trying just sucks. Yes, we did it. <laughs> Found a way to fit it
1: in. Ah, <laughs> uh, but thank you, Stephen Dennis, for the feedback. All
2: right, so uh, for those who. Do, do you want to just say, like, what our homework assignment movies are?
1: Oh, so uh, so if we're going to – well, hold on. Real quick, before we do that, uh, oh. again, thank you guys for the feedback. We encourage mm-hmm. you guys to leave the feedback. Easiest way to do that is just send us an email or a voicemail to feedback at – not Wilhelm. Huh? <laughs> uh, feedback at revisitedpod.com or go to revisitedpod.com for links on how to subscribe, watch, listen, uh, and send the feedback.
2: Now – Wait. And we're in the last – 10 episodes of this show as a whole if you've been listening the whole time like just send in some feedback just just to say like hi or what you think or if you like the show more or less since following the podcast like we're in the last 10 so i like i like the that time. idea
1: yeah we're in the home stretch
2: yeah now's the time to do it
1: uh, as we mentioned last episode too, this is episode ninety-seven. So in three episodes, we're going to reveal—it's it's actually our hundredth episode. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to reveal the next series we're going to be covering. Yes. So, and I'm very excited—not only to it, not only to cover it, but to announce it. Both. It's gonna be, all, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. It's, be, it's different. We will tell you that up front. It is. It's different. It's, it's different. But different but in a good have... way.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, different in a good way. Not in a bad way. Not like we're covering real housewives of Miami Beach or something like that.
2: <laughs> housewives?
1: Housewives.
2: Housewives.
1: Housewives. housewives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Philly. I speak a different <laughs> way. Shut up and let me Virginia. drink let me drink my water. <laughs> <laughs> I do not say water, I say water.
2: That's like people like that are from are from Toronto. You know that you're from you're actually from Toronto if you say Toronto. You know that you're American if you say Toronto.
1: Well, that's also like if you're from this area in Pennsylvania, there's a river here that like if you're not from here, you don't know how to pronounce it properly. And it's like, uh, the, you'll see people, you'll hear people say like, oh, I just crossed over the Hill River. It's like, no, it's Skookle, It's okay.
2: Schuylkill River.
1: Skookle. That's like people
2: from Pennsylvania. Schuylkill. When we, we used to live near Lancaster? somebody that was from Pittsburgh area Uh-oh. and um, they're big Steelers fans and she called Creeks, Cricks. Oh, we do that here too. No, that's not right. That's not right.
1: That's not right.
2: That's not, that's right. not. <laughs> That's not right. You have a creek in your neck, and then there's a creek in your backyard.
1: I call them creeks, but there are people in this area too that call them creeks. It's weird. But that's also, if just one more too, if you're in this area too, there are people that call it Lancaster, and there are people that call it Lancaster. Yep. It's Lancaster.
2: Well, we had a neighbor in our old house, uh, in our old neighborhood where we lived before here. Uh, they were from Pennsylvania as well. They were from Lancaster. and um, Lancaster. Lancaster. And that's what they called it. And I was always like, okay, I guess so.
1: Yeah. It's but Lancaster. Everybody, it's not yeah, Lancaster. Everybody has their
2: regional dialect. Yep.
1: Exactly. Um, so, on the note of the, the whole recommendations and our homework and everything. Um I don't have any recommendation because I was concentrating so much on watching Dune. <laughs> Do you recommend
2: homework. Dune? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I recommend I, Maverick for sure.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as we mentioned, we gave each other our homework last week was Dune and top crew, uh, top gun Maverick. We've already given each other our homework for the next Conversation And again, we're going to record that the first one is going to be once I get it edited, it's going to be on this feed and the Wilhelm feed. But going forward, all further ones, if you want to hear these conversations every week, we're going to put them on the Wilhelm uh, feed. So easiest way to do that, WilhelmPodcast.com is where you can find all those episodes and subscribe and you can hear those conversations every week. That said... Our homework assignments for this week. What was the movie you assigned to me?
2: I assigned to you in the heights. Which I I already
1: know I'm gonna freaking love. Yeah. Because it's lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. And Anthony Ramos and yeah. a bunch of other people. So like I and Stephanie I are- Beatriz. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, um, and it's actually the musical that Lin-Manuel Miranda did before Hamilton.
2: Mm-hmm. It's what put him on the map.
1: Yeah. I, and I've, unlike Hamilton, like I went into Hamilton com- almost completely fresh. I had heard like one or two songs. Like yep. I knew throwing, not throwing away my shot and I am Alexander Hamilton. And before watching the musical, and then I was, I fell in love with it. Like now yeah. I know like all the songs. Does. Yeah. In the Heights, I know nothing. I'm going in completely fresh. I have not
2: heard.
1: I have not heard one piece of music. I don't know one character name. Nothing.
2: I think you're going to like it. I really do. I think you're going to like it. it's different. It's very different from Hamilton.
1: I like Lin-Manuel Miranda. So
2: everything he does is brilliant.
1: I've been told by a number of people. We resemble each other. That we look like each other. I look like him. He doesn't look like you need a lot
2: more hair, dude.
1: Well, that yeah, that too.
2: Put on a wig and a little like cap, and then we'll see.
1: I could do I could do Hamilton for Halloween.
2: That you should do just to do it,
1: just to see if I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I guess is the movie that I recommended to you. Yes, what is uh, It's a favorite of mine. I've loved this movie for you for years, and I'm excited for not only for you but your family to see <laughs> it because it is a family movie. It really is. Uh, I recommend it. My recommendation. My your homework from me this week is Real Steel.
2: Okay. With starring Hugh Jackman and Evangeline Lilly and
1: Evangeline Lilly from Lust. Mm-hmm. Um, and
2: I want and. I was played the trailer for it, but we already agreed that we're not going to do that going forward.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, who else is in it as well is Kevin. Right. Well, no, no. no. Anthony Mackie. Oh yeah. 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 Is in it, but Kevin Durand, AKA Martin Kimi.
2: Perfect. So we have a lost connection.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Any lost in the characters heights, in have the heights that, just oh. to let you know. No All right. All
2: no right. lost connection and that's fine. And Mar- and uh Kevin
1: Durand is an absolute jerk in Real Steel as well. Perfect. So,
2: staying on brand.
1: But yep, we will we will record our thoughts on those movies uh, as we watch them over on the Wilhelm feed starting next week. Uh wilhelmpodcast.com.
2: Yay yeah, yay. Any final notes? No, we've been talking so long. I'm done. We've been
1: uh, this, this recording itself. Cause I have to cut it into two separate episodes
2: freaking hours. over three hours. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. But we spend this amount of time with each other every week.
1: <laughs> True. This time we just recorded it. <laughs> this
2: time it's just timed. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, cool. So with that being said, again, we're, we're coming to the end. We're in the home stretch. Um, Episode 9, Abaterno, is next. But thank you, as always, for being a part of this whole thing. Thank you for watching, listening, subscribing, everything that you guys do. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole.
2: Take care. Bye.
0: back. Kate. We have to go back.